Hey, Shelly, do you remember the days of being in corporate talent acquisition? Oh, absolutely. Every time the phone rang, it was another staffing agency claiming to be innovative and different. I used to wonder when someone would truly elevate the industry. Well, hold on to your hat here because that's exactly what Van Hack has done. Shelly, picture this a closed community of pre verified tech talent ready to relocate to Canada with all the paperwork taken care of. Sounds too good to be true? Well, not anymore. Van Hack has made it a reality. They have built the community of skilled software developers eager to make the move, and they handle the entire immigration process. And that's not all. They're taking it up a notch. Companies with offshore development teams, listen up. Van Hack's introducing the Canadian Engineering Office. Move your entire dev team to Canada, and Van Hack handles all the nitty-gritty details of immigration and relocation. So can you imagine, Serge? The applause from your CIO if you were to walk into his office and bring this solution to the table. Shelly, every time I walk into an office, I get applause. But that's not all. (laughs) The best part is they've got certified immigration consultants on board who've done this countless times. They understand that every family situation is unique. Revolutionize the way you recruit, relocate, and retain talent because when it comes to innovation in the talent acquisition world, Van Hack is leading the charge. Get ready to be the hero of your company. Check out vanhack.com today. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Always happy to see you. And always happy to see this man who's got one of the sexiest accents ever, joining us once again <laughs> with a new venture is Adam Gordon, who is the founder of Poetry. Adam, good to see you again. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Bonjour, Serge. Hello, Shelley. <laughs> I don't know which one you want to speak. I'll speak them all. Really well, great to be here and to talk to you. Shelley, what is going on this morning? Sexy accent. Into the accent. I've got to I've got to say the accent doesn't go down as that sexy in Scotland. People just think it's normal. The it's, other side of the Atlantic is the only place that we get that type mm-hmm. of kudos. Have you noticed there are so many really bad Scottish actors that end up Hollywood A-listers simply because they're Scottish and people think they're cooler as a result. Gerard I'm, Butler. I, yeah. That's where I was going. That's oh like, yes, that's a great one. I could listen to it forever. So Adam, I'm going to start with, I know something our audience loves to hear is tell us a little bit about you and your background. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I started in recruitment in 1999 in a recruitment agency. I had zero interest in the candidate's aspirations and hopes and dreams and likes and dislikes. (laughs) But what I really enjoyed was all of the work that was taken to get them into the interview with me. And so I liked all of the marketing bit, which was advertising in a newspaper back then. I also liked the talent sourcing bit, which was turning up at a bar where you knew somebody's leaving do was happening and handing out your business cards to all of their colleagues. And so I spent a couple of years following that in a recruitment marketing agency, learning all about employer branding and recruitment advertising. 
then went into PwC for three years in the HR consulting practice and started my own business in 2009, which was a talent sourcing company. We sold our time for researching LinkedIn, basically. And Mm -hmm. then in 2015, I had an idea for a tech product. 2016, we started working on it, launched in 2017. That product was called Candidate ID. It was the world's first marketing automation technology for talent acquisition. Lots and lots of blood, sweat, and tears, learning how to build a tech company as a non-tech founder. And somebody who had built a services company, completely different process. I went through loads of cul-de-sacs, a lot of shoe leather wasted, but it was a great product and customers loved it. And we took it to a certain point. And uh, round about the point where we're thinking about what's next, iSims came and said, hey, we'd like to buy it. We've got four and a half thousand customers that we can put it in front of. It was the right time for bigger wings for our baby. And our baby bird is now a soaring condor, I believe. (laughs) Well, Adam, first of all, congratulations. That is a really big deal. Selling candidate ID to iSims. I'm just a little bit curious how all of this works in the back end. So does iSIMS approach you? Do you approach iSIMS? Like, how does a transaction like this actually happen? Yes. So <clears throat> iSIMS approaches us. However, if you're interested in iSIMS approaching you or any other bigger trade player coming and approaching you, you get yourself known. You get yourself yeah. known to the customer market. You get yourself known to the partner teams. You get yourself known to the CEO and the exec teams in the companies in your industry, and you network the hell out of the industry. And if people don't know you, they're not going to come and talk to you about buying your services or buying your product or partnering with you or inviting you on stage or buying your company. And if people know you, then they're much more likely to want to do that. But the interesting thing with iSIMS was when Steve Lucas joined as CEO, I looked at the announcement and I looked at his background and I nearly spat out my tea and went over to Scott, my co-founder, and said, hey, take a look at this. The guy was CEO of Marketo before joining iSIMS, Marketo being one of the big player mainstream marketing automation technology companies. And we just agreed this is going to be great for us because he's going to look around and see there's no marketing automation in this sector. And he's either going to want to build something or he's going to come and buy our company. And if the number's right, then we'll sell it. So it was great for us to have people coming into the industry for Steve specifically with a view around what a vision could be like for talent acquisition technology. And he was just an amazing guy to work with. And I loved my time working with him and working with iSIMS. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Taking us up to present day though, because I introduced you as the founder of Poetry and I've tried to find out as much as I can about poetry. What I did notice, though, if I could, Adam, is that you've created a new HR term called recruitment enablement. What's up with that? Yeah, recruiter enablement, specifically. recruiter. Recruiters, specifically, yes. (laughs) Last year, I got to learn from some wonderful sales enablement people what sales enablement was all about. And effectively, that Mm. is about putting all of the tools and props and content assets and videos and calculators and other things that a salesperson needs to do their job effectively from first stage outreach through to objection handling and closing the deal 
there are so many different pieces of content and tools that salespeople need to do their job. And as I got to know these sales enablement professionals and got to learn a little bit more about what that was all about, it became really Mm -hmm. clear to me that we've got exactly the same issue in recruiting. So recruiters need content for in-mails. They need content for social media posts and for job adverts. And they need an elevator pitch and they need crib sheets Mm -hmm. and they need to know how to overcome objections because our company sells alcohol and not everybody wants to work for a company that sells alcohol or tests on animals or makes guns or whatever it is. We need a very large amount of written communication and images and videos and other things to achieve influence all Mm. the way through the process. Just today, somebody was telling me it is regular for a candidate to come right the way through the process, having known fine well that it was three days in the office. And then when it's the offer time, they go, yeah, but one day in the office. Well, how do you overcome that objection? Because if you've got 10 people in a recruitment team, they're all going to be getting this objection. Well, they're all probably approaching it in a different way. You need one really Mm. great response to that. Recruiter enablement is about trying to solve two things. One is to make it really easy for recruiters to access, to create, and to collaborate on messaging and marketing assets. So to dumb it down, it's libraries for marketing assets and it's facilities for building Mm -hmm. marketing assets. And then the second Mm -hmm. thing is recruiters pay a very heavy toggle tax. And what I mean by that is they Mm -hmm. are constantly going from one thing to another thing in order to do their jobs. Things are on Chrome extensions and bookmark tabs and favorites and things in SharePoint and things are all over the place. And toggle tax is very stressful. So we're bringing lots of solutions into the one area with poetry so that they can solve challenges and achieve a lot of things within the one place. This is recruiter enablement technology. So now you've created poetry. It's focused on recruiter enablement, but what is the vision here? What are you trying to do? What size of company are you trying to build? What's your exit strategy? Well, it's pretty early for an exit strategy, but yeah, don't go there the, yet. what's the goal here with poetry? So the first thing <laughs> is, Let me just tell you a bit about the process of building this company because people might find that quite interesting. When I thought there is an opportunity here to make recruitment better, I left iSIMS at the end of January. And as of February, I started doing some focus groups. And I was asking TA managers, what do you think about recruiter enablement? What is it? And how do you enable your people to do a better job, et cetera? And I did about 100 hours of research on this subject. And round about May, 106 days ago, actually, I started a YouTube channel called Recruiter Enablement. And so far, I've interviewed about 85 people. I think there's 81 videos on there. So in the next day or so, the others will go up as well. And some of them are in big companies, some of them are in small companies, some of them are in agencies, in RPO businesses, in-house talent acquisition. Some of them are recruitment marketing specialists and talent sourcing specialists. And some of them have got recruiter enablement job titles as well. And Mm -hmm. I've built up this big body of research and content around what's the subject about. And that's really helped me to continue to finesse what it is we should be offering. So 
I had an idea and I validated it with the focus groups and then I finessed it with the YouTube channel and getting people's feedback from sharing it all on LinkedIn. And in the meantime, I'm working with a software developer, Mike Hughes, who was our chief technology officer at Candidate ID. And I'm basically designing what we need, sending it to him. He's telling me why we can't do it that way, but here's a different way we can do it. And he's building this product. And the product is currently at beta minus one, and it'll be at beta stage within about a week from now. We're working very fast on squeezing bugs out and completing circles and making it a really brilliant user experience. We're making it really simple to use. Candidate ID is a sophisticated product. It's performance marketing product. And I've got no doubts that iSIMS has made it much more accessible to the mass talent acquisition market. But we were really for the most sophisticated users as an independent company. This time, this product is going to be for pretty much everybody. Who is it for? I think, Serge, you asked. The 42 companies which are coming onto our private beta, which starts on the 5th of September and lasts till the 17th of October, some of them are mega enterprise, like Fortune 50 size companies. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are mid-sized talent acquisition teams. We've got a couple of very large staffing companies coming on board. We've got three major RPOs coming on board. And of those 42 companies, it's probably yeah. mid to large across staffing, RPO, and employers. And we are not going to make the mistake of telling the market who this is for. We've built it for all recruiters, and the market is going to determine whether this is an enterprise product or it's an agency product or what it is. And we'll see what happens. We can't be presumptuous about it, I think. So, Adam... How do you feel about the timing right now? How are you feeling about the overall landscape of HR tech? I'm feeling that there's a lot of shitty HR tech. And I'm feeling yeah. like, you know that phrase that the second best time to plant an oak tree is today? The best time was like 30 years ago, right? So the second best time to plant an oak mm -hmm. tree is now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've got to keep getting on with it and making it better. One thing that's become very clear to me in the last couple of years is I've long believed that talent acquisition is sales and marketing with a different costume on. And the reason that sales and marketing technology is ahead of HR technology is because it's a, just a much bigger addressable market. So if I've got a world first innovation, I'm not going to put it into HR or specifically into recruiting. Because yeah. I'm not going to build a company nearly as big as I will if I put it into B2B sales and marketing. So mm -hmm. um, we will naturally always not be the first place that people take their world-leading innovations. The question then is, how far behind are we? And some people, ridiculous, will say things like 10 years behind or things like that. And then as other people say, mm -hmm. we're one year behind. And the reality is we're somewhere in the middle. We're probably about five mm -hmm. years behind, I would think. And with Candidate ID, we wanted to really close that. We wanted to bring sophisticated marketing technology into talent acquisition. We're doing the same here with recruiter enablement technology. And I think my goal over the next 10, 15 years will be to close the gap and continuously look at how do we make it only one year between great new innovations in sales and marketing happening in talent acquisition. I feel like 
users are at the mercy of venture capitalists because mm. VCs will almost decide what the market gets. And unfortunately, VCs are not talent acquisition people. So there's a massive gap between what can VCs make tons of money out of and what does the user actually need? Mm. That, and that gap's not cool for users at all. So mm. when you see some shitty technology has just raised another $50 million, <laughs> you may as well start crying straight away because unfortunately that is going to get used more widespread. And there's so many of them. So how do I feel about it? I feel like there's lots of cool things coming into the industry and we're constantly dynamic. And that's all really great. I'm really encouraged by a lot of things I see. I'm really encouraged by there being still so much investment going into it. But what I'm more interested in is the seed stage investment rather than that Series mm. B investment, which is a top up which has gone into keeping afloat a company that should never have got funded in the first place. So if I may, Adam, I'm just going to try to connect the dots here. But when you talked a minute ago about the path that you took with the creation of poetry, and that is talk to the people who are dealing with the problem every day. Yeah. Is that the innovation or is that your advice to anybody who's going to consider whether it's a a tech person thinking they can solve an HR problem because their wife had a problem trying to find a job. <laughs> That's usually how it works versus your advice is talk to hundreds of people who do this work every day and figure out what the problem is, what the real problem is. Was that if your advice think, to the market? If we think about it on a spectrum of the objectives of the founders, and at one end of the scale, you've got somebody who's coming out of a VC firm or coming out of Goldman Sachs or something like that, and they're leaving that company because they want to aspire to make more money than they were already making in that highly paid job. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got somebody who genuinely wants to make recruitment better. A lot more money is probably going to go into the person who's come out of Goldman Sachs with some boring idea, but knows how to mm. raise a load of money. So that's the unfortunate reality. Okay. So it depends if you want to build an enduring company that's going to be shit, but is going to make you loads of money versus you want to actually make a difference in the world and make the world better. Now, making a difference in the world and making the world better, if you come from it from the context of, my wife had a hard time getting a job and I'm going to solve this. That is not going to work. You don't build recruitment technology for the candidate mm -hmm. to build it for the employers. So the reality is you could build the most amazing candidate first applicant tracking system. If it's not cheaper or better for the user, mm -hmm. it's never going to get bought by anybody. So don't build technology for the candidate unless you're expecting them to pay. And if you're expecting them to pay, then good luck, because there's virtually nothing that has ever made any money out of getting an individual to pay for a recruitment-related product, a folder to store all my job applications. The amount of times I've heard, here's how to manage my job search. Right. 
you know, there's a lot of things been built like that. And then, yeah, we are of the same mind. Absolutely. It's those that really don't understand how the business of HR tech works and who is the customer. And I've seen them raise money with these tech solutions that solve a problem for the candidate because we are all at some point in our lives, the candidate. So when you get in front of, you know, whether it's angel investors or whomever, if it's a relatable story, they'll get breadcrumbs, right? But you're right. This is never going to make any money. Thank you for that. Adam, we're going to let you go. But before we do, first of all, give us a quick like crystal ball. The rest of this year is the talent labor market changing. How are you feeling about it? And last one, like if anyone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best? I've got virtually no knowledge around the economy. So I don't know what the talent market is going to do. But one thing I can definitely say, and this is advice for people in talent acquisition, learn all about workforce planning, learn all about how to be a proper business partner and how to advise the company around whether that should be a permanent full-time employee or whether we should be using Mm. freelance support or outsourcing, or contractors, whether that could be done part-time, and really learn about which jobs are going to get automated and made extinct by technology. Because a lot of our jobs in recruitment, a lot of the tasks we do are going to get made extinct. And therefore, the value we bring to a company is very much in our advisory capability. And Mm -hmm. if you can advise the chief people officer and the CFO around where to spend money to get tasks accomplished, rather than just getting jobs filled, you've got a great position as an advisor in the organization. So I didn't answer your question at all, but I gave something else, which I hope is of equal value. Where can people get hold of me? Get hold of me on LinkedIn, Adam Gordon Poetry, and follow Poetry on LinkedIn. There is no other call to action, and there might not be because we might be completely secret for another year. I don't know yet. We haven't decided, but follow the company on LinkedIn, please. Sounds good. Adam, it's always a pleasure. Congratulations on, we haven't talked to you since Candidate ID got acquired. And congratulations on the new company. And by the way, we loved your announcement. You on a boat with a French shirt. It was the most innovative announcement we've seen in the HR tech space. (laughs) I did it for all lovers of France out there. (laughs) Not that we'll be particularly targeting France as a customer market, but we will go and spend more time there because we just love it. In fact, we're going to Paris Unleash in October and probably Mm. pretty much launching the product there 17th of October. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great to talk to you, Shelley, Serge. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Au revoir. Shelly, let's face it, texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And Mm. it's not even legally compliant. Mm, This is where our friends at Rectex come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters, so you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com 
Mention the Recruitment Flex and get 10% off annual plans. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.